Welcome to the Dream Factory. A warm, cozy, and extremely lovely place where only the most visceral nightmares and pleasure-driven musings of its residents are mercilessly extracted and sold for the pure enjoyment of others. The Dream Factory, a new novel by Mark Marcus. Now available on your Apple device, Kindle, and on Amazon.com. Go to CandleshorePublishing.com forward slash Dream Factory. Minutes is constantly on the lookout for places we've never been before. So when our late colleague Bob Simon heard about a magical place in the Hebrides Islands off the coast of Scotland, known for making some of the great whiskies in the world, well, the story spoke to him. The place is called Isla, and it's one of five whiskey-producing regions in Scotland that make an expensive type of scotch called single malt. Isla's distilleries turn out relatively small amounts of their own handcrafted brands for a worldwide luxury market that's more than doubled in size in the last decade and become the spirit equivalent of the fine wine business. Bob liked good scotch in beautiful places, so he went off to Scotland. He died before he could finish the piece, leaving behind a stack of videotapes and some random notes. We decided to finish it for him and raise a glass in his memory. Isla is a small island 20 miles off the west coast of Scotland. There are few trees, miles of windswept heather, and some of the most fertile agricultural land in Scotland. There are sheep and cattle everywhere, and an abundance of wildlife. But that's not why people come here. This is eight small distilleries that produce some of the world's finest single malt whiskies. This is the whole lifeblood of this island and everybody on it. This is all we know. Jim McEwen has been working at Isla's distillery since he was 15 years old. He's now master of the works at Brooklotti. I just thank God that he chose the Scots and gave them whiskey because we appreciate the gift and we look after it. They've been making it here since the 15th century when supposedly some monks taught the locals how to use barley, water and yeast to make a spirit the Scots now call the water of life. They've been perfecting it for 600 years. The distilleries are easy to find, but hard to pronounce. Ardbeg, Bamor, Buklati, Bunahaben, Kalila, Kilhoman, Lagavulin, and Lafroy. As Bob Simon noted, they get harder to pronounce the more you visit. For us guys in the west coast of Scotland, whiskey is a religion because it's a provider. And the great thing about whiskey is not just a drink. It's much more than that. Have you ever watched some old Hollywood movies? Yes, I have. Scotch was always portrayed in Hollywood as a whiskey when you were down or you were in trouble. The one thing that was going to get you back in your feet and out there was the scotch. Today, if you're down on your luck, you probably can't afford an Isla Single Malt. The good ones started around $70 a bottle. The rare ones can go for hundreds of dollars a glass at chic whiskey bars around the world, where they're known for their distinctive smoky taste. It comes from peat, the mossy earthen fuel that's cut from bogs on the island. It was used to heat Scottish homes for centuries and is still used to toast the barley at Isla distilleries. John Campbell is the master distiller at Lefroy, one of the top-selling single malts in America. Peat is the thing that makes Isla unique and it really resonates with people and it just 
engenders a kind of love-hate relationship, and the people that love it absolutely love it with a passion. And there seems to be no shortage of them. Isla is not easy to get to, usually requiring multiple flights, a long drive, and a two-hour ferry ride. Yet enthusiasts continue to make the pilgrimage, especially for the whiskey festival. We get literally thousands upon thousands of single malt tourists coming here. They come from all over the world just to set foot on Isla. To study it? No, to drink it. It's lovely. It's clean, it's fresh, it's vibrant. Officially, Whiskey Fest is a celebration of Isla's culture, but mostly it's about drinking. Absolutely beautiful. No off notes at all. As they listen to Jim McEwen extol the virtues of Brook Lottie, the novitiates, connoisseurs and whiskey snobs approached each glass with reverence bordering on the religious. Oh, wow. The fruit in that is incredible. As the glasses empty, the smiles got bigger. But the islanders will tell you that all of this warmth and good feeling comes not from the alcohol in the spirits, but from the spirit of the place. It is almost mystical, beautiful, dramatic, and quiet. There's no road rage, barely any traffic. If you do get hung up, it's probably because of a farm animal. They have the right of way. And if you do happen upon people, they'll almost always greet you with the Isla wave. So everybody just waves because it's just friendly. There's not so many of us, so you just wave to say hi. It's what Elsa Hayes liked about the island when she moved her family here from London to take a manager's position at one of Isla's thriving distilleries. It's strange, is it not, that such a small place with so few people, your products are known everywhere in the world. I know, it makes us all very proud, it does. There's such a boom worldwide for for single malts. Um, It's fantastic and you can really feel that on the island. A lot of the distilleries have doubled production and um, so there's a lot of opportunities there as well. And there's no reason to believe that that won't continue. Well, times are good people drink, times are bad people drink. (laughs) Is it possible to be socially acceptable to be a teetotaler on this island? Yes. Are there any? Yes. No, I'm not one of them. <laughs> Over the years, the island's people have learned how to entertain themselves, often at gatherings called Kayleys, which feature traditional dance and sad songs, mostly about leaving Isla and yearning to return. To sit with my love on the bridge above the rippling waterfall to go back home never more to roam is my dearest wish of all if this looks and feels a lot like ireland that's no coincidence it's only 25 miles away they come from the same tribe share the same celtic culture and gaelic language not to mention a love of good whiskey that gets them through stormy weather and the long winter nights. There are no movie theaters on Islet, no dry cleaners, no supermarkets, no McDonald's, at least in the fast food business. Jim McEwen says there's a long list of things that Isla doesn't have and doesn't want. We don't have any crime. We don't have mugging, carjacking, housebreaking, rape, just dope drugs. We don't have that. You can keep that. You're very welcome to it. How do you explain the fact that there's no crime here? There's crime everywhere else. If you commit a crime in a small community, you'll be ostracized and have to leave. Not only that, 
your family, your, your children and your children's children will be remembered as the children of the man who committed the crime. Most Scots are forthright, practical people who are proud of their country and the fact that their most famous export has withstood the test of time. They see themselves as artisans, and making whiskey is more about art and alchemy than manufacturing. Every distiller has their own secrets and superstitions. We'll give you the unclassified two-minute tour. Sorry, we can't offer you free samples. It begins with a bit of trickery on the malting floor, when barley that's been soaked in water is spread out and raked over and over to convince the grain it's spring and time to germinate, releasing the starches that are locked inside. It's then dried with peat smoke to add flavor and ground into flour, sometimes with 19th century machinery, and then mixed with hot water, transforming the starches into a sugary concoction called mash. Smell that, Bob. Oh, yeah. It's not, you can smell the goodness. Yeast is then added, changing the sugar into alcohol, a primitive ale which is then cooked a couple of times in copper stills where the vapor is collected and condensed into this clear liquid. And that's the stuff we want to go into the barrel. But what I'm looking at is this looks like rubbing alcohol. This is, in fact, a whiskey. It's very good. If you need a rub, there's no doubt about it. I bet it would be good. But once it goes into the barrel, from then it's just time. It's just time. And it's a great journey, you know. This is a child, but the cask is the mother. And that's what makes the journey. If you give a good cask, you're bound to get a good child. It's that simple. It takes less than three weeks to make, but requires at least 10 years of aging in these oak casks, which add flavor and color to turn it into world-class single malt whiskey. You'll see some of the names. There's Clement Springs. Buffalo Trace, Jim Beam. Bob was surprised to learn that 97% of the casks used to make single malt whiskey had been previously used to age American bourbon and bought secondhand from U.S. distillers. It's testimony to the ingenuity and frugality of the Scots, who have very few oak trees. Without the American barrel, there would be no whiskey industry. It's as simple as that. A sophisticated palate will detect a hint of the oak and bourbon in Isla's single malt as well as the sweetness of sherry that comes from wine casks bought in Europe. Before the final product is sold, it will have done time in a number of different casks. Master distiller Jim McEwen is the one who decides when to rotate them and when each barrel is ready to be bottled. He opened a young cask for Bob to sample. I would describe that as mellow yellow, absolutely pure. And it's only seven years old. That's right. Young whiskies are like young people. They're vibrant, they're full of life. In fact, this for me is like coming home from work. Uh, at the end of the day, I work really hard. Uh, nobody appreciates me. My wife doesn't appreciate me. My kids don't appreciate me. Life's a bitch. <clears throat> couple so of glasses of that and it doesn't matter. A couple of shots of that and I am the king of the world. Absolutely. You know, I, frankly, I never liked this stuff, but the way you're talking me into it. But you've got to check every bar. I certainly hope so. so yeah. Cheers. McEwen is the man responsible for the taste and consistency of the whiskies at Brooklotti, which requires a very personal involvement with the product. I have heard you described as the cask whisperer. I do talk to casks. Uh, there's no doubt about it. In what uh, language? Uh, mainly English. and depends on many whiskies I've had. If I have a few whiskies, I tend to revert to the Gaelic language. So I'm talking to the cask. It's just one of these things. You go into the warehouse and you pop the bung out. You draw your sample, yeah. 
and you look at it and you think, wow, you're beautiful. But you're not just ready yet. Tell you what, I'm going to come back and see you in three months, okay? And other times you find a cask which is so incredibly good, you can't not speak. Oh my God, you are the most beautiful thing I have ever tasted in my life. You know, and you think, oh jeez, I just want to share this with somebody. But there's nobody around, there's just me in the cask. We'll stay. (laughs) (laughs) On most days, McEwen devotes several hours to quality control, checking up on several hundred casks. But it's a fantastic job, um, nosing and tasting whiskies. And you can still walk out of here in the evening? Occasionally I need some help. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Dying devotion to one's whiskey is apparently not all that unusual. While we were on Ileb, the camera crew ran into a party of Canadians, the friends and family of a deceased single malt lover named Bill, who wanted his ashes scattered in the waters opposite his favorite distillery. Funds for the pilgrimage were set aside in his will. That's what he wanted. It's good. It's good. To Bill. Now he's happy. Now he's happy. After that, the only thing left was for Bob to say goodbye to Jim McEwen. And it turned out to be last call for our old pal, Bob Simon. Cheers, Bob. Hope you've enjoyed this little visit here. You're speaking in the past, it's not over. Yeah, I'm going to get you out of here, man. This is <laughs> costing me a fortune. 